know that multitaskers do less and misinformation. It takes time, an average of 15 minutes, to reorient to a primary task after a distraction such as an email. Welcome to the Business and Pleasure of Flowers. We're your hosts, Fonda Lefevre. And Lori Wilson. And we believe that business and fun are a perfect combination. Kind of like us, Vonda. <laughs> good morning, Vonda. How are you? Hey, Lori. I am really good today. How are you? I'm really, really good to myself. So we're doing something kind of fun today. I think we are. Yes, you picked out a great article to talk about and I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you're excited. I wasn't sure if you were like, what does this have to do with flowers? But it kind of does. There's a lot of stuff in here that I was like, this is really interesting. It's fascinating stuff to me. So I found this article and it's called 20 interesting psychology facts that you should know. Mm-hmm. And so I sent it to you and then this morning I was reading through it again, and I was kind of deep diving into some of them, like the research part of it. And I was like, that totally makes sense. It totally makes Mm -hmm. sense for us as people. And I think, you know, I'm a big believer in self-awareness. Like the more we know about ourselves, the better humans we are. And it's always important for us to reflect on those things, right? Right. Sometimes we don't take the time to do that. Right, right. When I sent this to you, I was like, maybe we can do like the first half of the podcast about this. And you were like, I think actually this would be a whole podcast. So we're going to try to make it a whole podcast. Well, I think it'll be just kind of natural because you're starting with the first one that says, turn down the car radio when looking where you are. And, you know, that truly makes sense because your mind can't focus on two things at one time. Now, when you're talking about a flower shop, we always tell the delivery driver, do not have the radio blasting when they're taking flower deliveries, Mm -hmm. right? And part of it was because, especially when you get out at a funeral home and you have this rock music going, I don't want that reflection. Yeah. But some of it, if we're looking at here, it's distracting them in doing the driving that they should be doing and paying attention yeah. to making things don't get completed in the most efficient way, right? Right, right. Well, and when I was reading that, turn down your car radio, when it actually makes sense when you're trying to look for directions. I always, always do that. But <clears throat> what I find interesting is, you know, when we've been in like our all staff meetings before, our virtual all staff meetings And I'll be talking with some of the web team that are doing a lot of like uploading of images or doing like monotonous kind of things, right? Like routine things where they're just uploading, uploading. And a couple of them, like Leslie, even Cammy, they're like, yeah, yeah, I listened to your podcast or they're listening to music. And I'm like fascinated because there is no way. In my job here in my office, I could be listening to any kind of outside noise and no. work at the same time. Mm-mm. It, Mm-mm. it is impossible. I either have to be 100% listening to something or 100% working. I cannot, even if 
the very few times I'm doing like mundane work, mm-hmm. I can't do that, Fonda. I can't listen to a podcast Mm-mm. while... No, I have to be on a walk or just yes, sitting yes. to right. do it because I, I can't either. Yeah. And so I'm actually very envious because I would be making way too many mistakes because my mind would start wandering into the imaginary world of what the podcast was talking about or what the book was or, you know, whatever. Something would mess up either way. Mm -hmm. But a lot of what they're doing in the web team is they're following a pattern, right? So they're looking, they're checking, they're looking there. So so they have an easy way to be able to check their work. Yeah. And so that kind of distracts them from the mundane. But you're like, you and I, what we're doing, no way. No, no way. It it was crazy, but I, I'm always envious of people that can do that because mine doesn't work. So I think this one was interesting. If you announce your goals to others, you're less likely to succeed. In fact, studies show that you lose motivation. And that one surprised me. It surprised me too, because I always thought it was the opposite. Like right. if I say it out loud, that means I'm actually going to be held accountable. I'm with you. So I don't know. If you announce your goals to others, you're less likely to succeed. I I just don't know if I agree with that one, but this, these are psychological facts, facts that, you know, whatever. So this number three is all you because I, Oh yeah. (laughs) I, I I totally agree with this. (laughs) (laughs) So here you go. Chocolate releases the same happiness increasing neurotransmitters as being in love does. What do you think about that? Percent. For chocolate lovers, you know, I know there's a few people in the world that don't love it, but a good piece, a good piece of chocolate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in the grocery store. I was picking up some healthy food and and the lady in front of me had bag of dark chocolates and a bottle of wine. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to go back and change for this. Yeah. Right. Because we're going home. She had going, we're going. Yeah. And she was just, she said, I'm just sitting out watching a movie tonight. And I'm like, cause she wasn't even having anybody over. And I'm like, see right there, the chocolate releases the same happiness increasing. There it is. All her love. Oh gosh. That is absolutely the dream. This one is fascinating. You can remember seven plus or minus two facts at a time. This includes numbers, but can be increased if you chunk your information. I would say there is no way I remember seven facts at one time. I'm more on two facts at a time. You're a three. You're a three. I'm probably a three fact. I think you're the three facts girl. Yeah. Yeah. On numbers. But I'm a big believer in if you chunk your information. For sure. Yeah, for sure. If you chunk it, it does make a big difference. Yeah. And if you do things that are related to one another. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I am I, I am a three person because anytime I'm doing a presentation or anytime I'm doing anything, I'm like, they need to walk away with three things. Three things. Mm-hmm. What are they going to walk away with? A, B, and C. What are the three things they're going to walk away with? Bullet points. What are the bullet points? Yeah, you are definitely a three. Yeah. But seven, me either. No, no. That's a lot. Maybe at one point in my life back in the day, but not anymore. 
So here's one, Lori. The type of music you listen to affects the way you perceive the world. Oh, yes. Totally. Oh, yes. I say that as a mother who used to be very strict about mm-hmm. what my children listen to, mm-hmm. what g- goes into your ears mm-hmm. is a reflection of what comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and also, Vonda, I will tell you, this is very much me too. I know what goes on in the radio, you know, in my car. I I notice always. how you feel. How is that I what you're saying? You feel, right, right. Uh huh. It can change. Right. And so, especially lately, I have been always trying to keep it in some really positive, positive. You know, whether it's Christian radio or just even jazz, like some just positive or calm music. Yeah, I always do like the oldies quite often. Yes, the, yes. Like the oldies Yes, person. that's Mark, my husband. He always has the oldies on. The oldies Yeah, um, and the ones that always, you know, like when you're listening to the news and all this junk is going oh, on. Yeah. And so then I always actually put on Anne Murray's song, I Could Use a Little Good News. Oh, sure could. And it's just like a little good news today. Exactly. Because it's like. Loved Anne Murray. Oh, yeah. 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 No, it is. And, you know, that that goes back to, like, nostalgia, too. Like, old certain songs, music, it can make you feel so good. But I, Mm -hmm. I totally believe the type of music affects the way you see the world. Back when I. Back when I taught school and there would be kids, my middle schoolers, and you could tell the, the when kids that would be struggling and maybe they were depressed or they would, you know, just the way they dressed and I would have conversations with them and I knew the kind of music they were listening to and they would talk about them and then they would, because they would like write the names of the bands on their folders and stuff. And I'm like, that is not helping you. It is not giving you life at all, at all, right. because the words, the lyrics that are built into those that are going into your heart, they're making you this way right now. That's not who you are. I don't think people realize that, you know, especially at that age. They don't no, understand they how don't. that music it's totally influences you. Right. Right. So, yeah, my kids now, my adult children, make fun of me. I mean, they'll laugh about how, you know, the kind of music they had to listen to. And they're like, (laughs) golly. Like, like, well, it was happy. Like, we listened to no tunes. (laughs) We listened to all Don't you remember as a kid, though, being in the car and you had to listen to your parents' music and you're like, oh, gosh. Yes. But like. Same thing. I had CDs of all of these Broadway show tunes of like the Oklahoma because, you know, I was Mm -hmm. from Oklahoma and my kids knew all the words. We even got the neighbors to like it. Their parents had to buy the CD because they knew all the words. That's great. I love that. When we lived in Ohio, they're like, who's this crazy woman from Texas who is making our kids sing the songs to the Broadway play Oklahoma? 
<laughs> you brought culture to those kids. I did. Tell you. I brought something. I don't know. I brought crazy to them. So anyway. Okay. The next one. The mind cannot create faces. Now I've heard this one before. Me, I've not heard this. So everyone in the in your dreams, every single person you've had in your dreams, you have met okay. at some point in your life, even if you've just passed them on the street. Isn't that weird? I, that's fascinating. I've not heard that before. Yeah, I've not. Yeah. So when you've had dreams and they're like random people in the dream. Mm-hmm. Those people aren't random. You might have seen, run into them in the grocery store and you just don't even remember them, but your brain remembers them. Wow. Well, <laughs> you have, you have very vivid. I do have about, vivid dreams. Even our, yes. about our team. A lot of them. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I do. Yes. Yes. I, I actually woke up this morning and I was like, I know I had a dream and then I thought back and I remembered my dream and my cousin, Clint, who passed away two years ago, who was very, very close to me, he was in my dream. And mm. I can't remember everything about it. And I'm not going to go into detail, but it was like a very specific thing. And there was a lot of joy surrounding in the dream. And my heart, I woke up, I was just, it was just so warm. And I was like, thank, wow. thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, th- I needed that dream. Like, it was really a joyful dream. That's pretty- really interesting that you can remember your dreams so well. I, because some people, I mean, I hardly remember dreams. Yeah. But some people do really, like you, have a gift that you can remember those. I, I remember Especially them. when you have a really warm dream like that that's very uplifting yeah. and heartwarming. It was. It yeah. was because he was smiling and he was laughing. It was just a very, very, I was very happy. It was a gift. It was a gift. So nice. I love it. Love it. This next one, I'm kind of torn. I've heard this before and I'm like, you cannot multitask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did a little research on this because I've heard this many times before too. And uh-huh. what I believe is you cannot multitask well. So okay. there is a Harvard article. There's many articles, but I was reading one. This guy, his name is Dr. Paul Atchley. Okay. He wrote an article and it says, I'm just going to read a little tiny bit of it. Based on over half a century of cognitive science and recent studies on multitasking, we know that multitaskers do less and miss information. It takes time, an average of 15 minutes, to reorient to a primary task after a distraction, such as an email. Efficiency can drop by as much as 40%. Long-term memory suffers and creativity, a skill associated with keeping in mind multiple, less common associations, is reduced. So basically, the article goes on to say, when you multitask, if you're doing two things at once, something's going to give. Something's not going to be done well. One of those two. You're not giving 100% of your concentration right. to one thing. Right. So, uh, that makes sense. It, it does. Right. 
So, but if I'm listening to a podcast and folding my laundry, I don't care if either one of those gives. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> those things are in now. Those are fine. But he's right. it's he's your efficiencies. Right. So he says we have brain, you know, with billions of neurons that are constantly firing, firing, firing. Right. And all these connections, and we seem incapable of doing multiple things at the same time. Multitasking does not exist, at least not as we think. Instead, we switch tasks. We cannot simultaneously do two things at once. So you may think you're listening to the podcast and folding clothes, but you're really not. Your brain is switching. Huh. Okay. I see what you're saying. Your brain is switching back and forth. You just don't, we just don't know it. So if I'm in a director's meeting with you guys, which Mm -hmm. we've all been guilty of this, and I'm sending an email and I'm like, I'm listening. I'm just doing this. I'm not. I'm sending the switching back. I'm switching back. I'm not getting this whole conversation because I'm sending the email. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm like, that, I need, that's a problem. If the conversation applies to me. Now, a lot of times right. in directors, meaning you guys are off on photo shoot stuff that has nothing to do with me. So I'm going to go send my email. <laughs> right. And then you'll exactly. yell at me to come back when it's important. Right. So right. Mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. But this is saying neurologically, it's impossible to multitask. Our our brain can't split. Let me apply that to a designer who is designing their arrangement. So I'm designing and I'm supposed to be paying attention to what I have Mm -hmm. in it, make Mm -hmm. sure it's appropriate. And now I'm having a conversation with all the people in the shop. Not so good, right? No, it's not. Something's going to be missed. Mm-hmm. Something's going to be missed. Plus, think about you go back to the 15 minutes to get reoriented. Yeah. But you're still doing it, but your brain hasn't come back. Mm-hmm. Think about the amount of time in production and productivity. So it's it's an interesting concept. I think sometimes as as you're designing, especially if I'm doing the same thing over and over, I'm repetition. Yeah. productivity. Yeah. I I feel like I'm on autopilot, right? So I just True. feel like I'm doing all this. Yeah. Yes. Can can autopilot go on the same time as a conversation? Yeah. Going on? Maybe. You know, I don't know. I I'm Maybe. just wondering. Probably easier than not, right? Probably easier. It's it could be much more similar to folding the clothes and while doing something. Switch switch. Mm-hmm. You designing and talking is very different than me designing and talking, right? I would right, need to right. be in a complete silent room, <laughs> 100% focused just to do a dozen roses. So so that's a really good point. So somebody who's more experienced sure. shouldn't be talking to somebody who's a new designer and really trying to concentrate. So if we look at those, yeah. there's a difference yeah. there. I, if you're going to be talking to that person, you should be mentoring them and helping them with the design rather than having a random conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. That's really great. But again, no matter how great you are at it, our you brains can't multitask. change. You still shift. Our brains can't split. 
Yeah. And go, oh, this side's going to do this while this side does this. Our brains don't know. They don't do that. They're like, I'm one or the other. Which one do you want me to be doing here? Yeah. So, okay. This one, this one I studied in college. And so this one was fascinating to me. Okay. Our actions towards others impact others' beliefs about ourselves, which causes others to act a certain way towards us, reinforcing our beliefs about ourselves, which then influence our actions towards others. This is known as the Pygmalion effect or self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. This is so true. And we studied this in college It's funny, when I got my communication degree, we studied this. But also when I went back and got my teacher degree, we studied this because in Mm. the classroom, Mm -hmm. this is very important because studies show teachers that have very high expectations, set high expectations at the very beginning of the year for their students, their students tend to achieve more than teach. Like my expectations for you are to graduate from high school and go to college. I expect every single one of you to do that because I know you can like to set positive, high expectations. I believe in every one of you, but then teachers that have low expectations, self-fulfilling prophecy, right? My teacher doesn't believe in me. Why should I try? I don't believe in you either. Wow. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And so you think about Applying that to this industry, a a boss and the employees, a new designer, somebody coming in wanting to learn. Yeah. And if you're shooting them down, if you're not always, you know, hey, you can do this. This this is a great. And for years, Lori, we would always say, yeah, this is a good industry, but it doesn't make any money. And so that's why our industry had such a low amount of people entering it because there was no encouraging words for Mm -hmm. people coming on, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of this is a fabulous industry, you make people happy and there is opportunity, you can make a good living this, you know, okay, great. Yeah. Self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw that just last week on some social media florist group a girl was just starting out she was super excited she was like i just opened my business i've got questions and i can't remember like any advice bond i can't tell you how many people just said run run wow and it made me really sad yeah like wow poor girl her heart right now and then there were some that were like you got this, you do, you know, and, and the, some people that said you can email me or I, I private messaged you. So there was some encouraging, but there, there were a lot some, of people there that were said, a lot, this is a dying industry. I wouldn't do it all over again. I'm da, 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 da. just, and you know what? That's their experience. And, and I, I get it, but it was just self-fulfilling mm. prophecy, right? I mean, that's exactly. a low expectation. And that's what they're going to get. Wow. This was interesting to me. The next one, you are more creative when you're tired. Yeah. I don't know about that. That one surprised me because I think I'm less creative when I'm tired. Mm. I mean, I think of the times Julie and I are designing and we're like exhausted. Same. <laughs> and I'm not sure we pull it out at that point, Lori. <laughs> I don't know. I think the times that you and Ellie and I have been together and had to 
really pull stuff together the last minute. I don't know when we're that tired that we've been able to do it. We've had to do it the next morning. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That one's up in the air for me. Yeah. Yeah. The next one, being with positive, happy people keeps you happier. That's a no-brainer. I think that's, okay, that's you, you surround yourself with happy people, you you really do have a better demeanor. Yeah. That's why I just stay away from people who are negative and Ugh. negative stuff. Sucks I just dry. can't do it. Sucks yep. you dry. Absolutely. Feeling ignored. Ugh, this was powerful to me. Feeling ignored causes the same chemical effect as that of an injury, like a physical injury. Heartbreak makes you sad, doesn't it? Makes yeah. me very sad. Makes me think of all of the students in schools that are ignored, that sit alone, you know, for recess or lunch. It just makes me sad. Sarcasm makes you smarter and more creative. And I say amen. I say <laughs> amen to that. <laughs> because my entire family is sarcastic. And I have heard that before, and I I think that's true. I think there's, but I think there's a balance. I think you can have too much sarcasm. Mm -hmm. I think the key is timing with sarcasm. I agree. One of my kids, my youngest, who I love and adore, and he knows this. Sometimes he doesn't know when to stop with the sarcasm, and it it goes over the line, and I'm like. Enough. You should have stopped a little while ago. Yeah. yeah. Now, now you're just being mean. Mm. It crosses yeah. and he's like, oh. You know what? That's true. There is a fine line between. There's them. a fine line the where arc is from funny family. to just mean. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not funny anymore. People mm -hmm. who identify, people that can get sarcasm well, like they can pick up on it quickly tend to be able to read other people easily. And I 100% agree with that because I can pick up on it very quickly. My really, really good friend, I'm not going to mention her name, but I love her dearly, has zero sarcasm filter. She doesn't understand sarcasm. Like we have to explain it to her <laughs> and it's never fun. It gets so lost on her that by the time you explain it, you're like, oh, this is just not... <laughs> It's just not, but this is so true because you're just telling me about the sarcasm and you read people more easily and you are really good at reading people yeah. and you grew up with all that. Sarcasm. I did. Family, my family, so. my whole family's, I lived in the land of sarcasm my whole life. Just everybody just is just, that's just how we roll. All right. What's the next one, Vonda? I can't even. Well, the next one, people who can delay their gratification are more likely to succeed in life. So instead of instant gratification, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think that's what it's like. You get instant gratification. If you yeah. can delay that and act on that at a different time, then yes, you're more likely to succeed. Yes. And, and you can look at that monetarily even, right? So, yep. you know, here you've got all this and it's like, ooh, okay, now I'm going to go spend it and go on a cruise and I'm going right. to do this instead of wait. To me, that's what kind of spoke to me on that one. Yeah. 
I thought of like your kids when you're raising your kids and you say, hey, we have you have to do all your chores or, you know, if you do this, then you get this. Mm -hmm. So they have to work Mm -hmm. towards this and this this is the reward. And Mm -hmm. that worked really well for my first two children. Mm -hmm. My youngest child was more he really felt he wanted the reward first, then he was going to do the job. And it was a constant struggle because he needed that first. He never got it Mm -hmm. first, but he always fought to get it first. He didn't understand why he didn't get the reward first. And this is him. And he has been my latest bloomer. He's a great kid. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. Great Great kid. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's something in him that is like, and he just now needs the want instant gratification. Then yeah. I'm like, no, you have to work towards that and then get the reward. It's so much sweeter. But you have had to teach him that. A lot of so families, hard. yeah, kids never get that. They want it now and then they'll right. maybe do what they're supposed to. Maybe not. Yeah. And it's been hard. And I keep telling him, it's like, you have been such hard work. Oh, but this next one was like kind of goes into that, right? The difference between the kids is kids now are stressed more than the average psych patient was in in 1950. So the people in the psych ward in the 50s were less stressed than our children are right now. Yes. The kids now have more anxiety than the patients in a psych ward in 1950s. And that's terrifying. It is. Absolutely terrifying to me. And I think more parents need to know that. They need to be aware of that and they need to be watching their kids for signs of anxiety. There are signs that I was not aware of for young kids in anxiety that I didn't know were anxiety symptoms, like Mm -hmm. my youngest who has anxiety. And I didn't know at such a young age what to look for. And I think, I think we have to be more mindful in recognizing those types of symptoms. We need to have conversations with our kids. I know it's the hardest thing in the world to do, but we have to monitor technology with our children. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to preach any of this, but we have to, and because the our phones, our video games, all of that stuff is such high anxiety inducing stuff Mm -hmm. for these little hearts and minds it's just Mm. so much and they don't know it you don't consciously know it i mean they don't feel it right Think how much anxiety these phones are to us and we're adults i mean you were just talking about like the news just the news itself gives Mm. me such anxiety like you and i get anxiety we didn't ever get it before and now in our old right. age, we're like, huh, like what is happening? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so think about these children. So that was crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. The next one, your brain takes up 2% of your body mass, but about 20% of the energy, water, and oxygen intake. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, exactly. That old brain, right? Yeah. It's like, whoo. Yeah. That makes, but this next one kind of goes back to what you were talking about with, with children. And the longer you hide your feelings for someone, the harder you fall for that person. I mean, even, you know, that's going on with the social media stuff. It's going on with everything and, you know, adults too, but it's one of those things that's like, I know know, that's hard. So hard. It's very hard. I get it. It's, it's very scary. This one was random and I just, I thought, wow, that I would like to know about more studies behind this. Who knows? No one born blind. So no one that has ever been born blind has ever developed schizophrenia. Yeah, that was a random. And I'm going to just leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Right. That's, that is a fascinating fact. Like, I wonder Mm -hmm. why. Like. That's crazy. Well, I, I like that. Leave it alone. Yeah. This one was really kind, I don't know if I want to say fascinating, but it was very interesting. Money only increases your happiness up to $75,000 a year. Yeah. After that, it just becomes a matter if you have more than your neighbor. Yeah. I've seen that before. I read articles on that before. My oldest son has sent me things like that because he is not into monetary things. I mean, of right. course he, you know, has to have money to live, but he <laughs> definitely believes that the love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. And uh, so I do believe this in a lot of ways because I was raised, and you were too, in a very middle class average home. And I think I had the happiest childhood in the world. So, yeah. I agree. I yeah, don't. I agree. I don't know that an abundance of money would have m- made my happiness level any different. It probably would have maybe caused more problems. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know. All right, last one. This is true because I know in college this is true. People who oversleep crave more sleep. <laughs> It's kind of like that circle, right? Yeah. That's ah, like the more you sleep, the more you want to sleep. And I I I believe that. I think that's like you get yourself stuck. Well, I think when you're in college you're not, you're up late. Well, so true. That's you're why not, you're oversleeping. You have no sleep. It's habit. a cycle. It's yeah. Like I think that cycle probably was their problem there. Yeah. People who oversleep sleep. constantly crave more sleep. So uh, there's probably some psychological reasons for that too. So anyway, I don't know. I think this was fun. This was interesting. I hope everybody yep. else enjoyed it and you took something away, maybe three bullet points, maybe walked away with three bullet points of the uh, interesting psychology facts that every person should know. Thank you, Lori, for finding this and sharing it with us. It's Appreciate my it. pleasure, Vonda. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed spending time with us because we enjoy spending time with you. If you did, make sure you hit that subscribe button or add the business and pleasure of flowers to your Google morning routine or your flash briefing on Alexa. We look forward to seeing you next week. So please come back and join us and discover how a bit of knowledge and one small change in your mindset 
can take you to new levels in your life and business.